Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Ruthless ST Radio podcast. My name is Nick Bernal, and as always, I am your host on the Ruthless ST Radio podcast, along with my good friend AJ Morrow. And this week, we have our special guest, Michael DiGiorgio. Guys, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. How's it going, fellas? Uh, you know, it's it's going. Uh, I've had an interesting week, <laughs> as some of you have seen. <laughs> to say the least, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think we both have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely glad to put this week behind us, get the show done, and sit down, sit down in my big cushy chair. That's what I, at least that's what I sit in when I do these things. But uh, I think everyone's been locked in for a little too long. All those car guys are getting a little, a little restless. Well, as the as the saying goes, right? I miss doing car shit with the car homies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that that's why I'm I'm super excited for this season. Kind of get to jumpstart that kind of in March with uh, the twelve hours of Sebring, which is going to be kind of freaking awesome to go see. So, Michael, didn't you go to the uh, the Daytona twenty four this year? I did not. Um, yeah, Somebody on my friends list did. I can't remember who it was. Anyways. Yeah, I had some friends go as well. I just kind uh, of saved my vacation time up. So. Right, right. Well, you kind of just <laughs> used it all. You kinda... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that trip took, uh, took all I had and then some last year. I worked a couple extra days out with my boss, but I uh, – that trip alone was all the time I took off last year. So, so before we get into that, why don't uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Michael DeGiorgio. For you guys who don't know me, I go by MDB on Cars on uh, all my social media platforms, and um, been a car guy my whole life. Uh, growing up, my dad uh, loved Corvettes. We stored a couple in our garage, so. Um, you know, being around cars was something that we, we both really bonded together with. Um, you know, went to car shows, drag strip, all sorts of stuff like that growing up and just got hooked from a very early age, cars in general, but especially Corvettes. And, uh, I work as an engineer here locally in, in Moraine at a company called BWI Group. Um, we make the Magnaride suspension for Corvette and a number of the other high-performance vehicles out there. But, um... Worked on some pretty cool projects at work, including the C8, and uh, was lucky enough to be able to buy one this last year, uh, which is really my first sports car. My other car right now is a 2012 Focus, so it was a pretty big step up from that. But um, yeah, just a big car guy in general. So it's been pretty neat. You know, I've been around the car community, I'll say really my entire life, but you know, meeting meeting your guys' group and go fast life and uh, you know sort of this this new uh, generation of the car crowd around here just over the last year. Yeah, that is pretty cool. My dad's actually very familiar with BWI, the company he works for, uh, sells you guys R and D stuff. Okay. Uh, MTS Systems Corporation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we. <laughs> I use uh, like MTS, like the uh, the test presses. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I I work in Valve, so I work with those all the time. Oh, nice. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. he used to awesome. uh, he used to actually sell stuff to you guys. He used to service stuff for you guys. So he's done it all, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, small world. Yes, it is. So why don't you uh, kind of start start in on your uh, – what made you want to take this bucket list trip other than it being a bucket list trip? Yeah, so a couple of things really. Um, over the last year or two, I've become really fascinated with uh, the national parks here in this country. Um, going back to a trip I took to Washington State last year, I just – I kind of became uh, really fascinated with that and reading about the, the parks. And then um, you know, I ordered that Corvette in July of last year under the expectation that it was going to come in January. And between the union strike and, and COVID, that time frame moved back about eight months. So, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, it was a long, long, long year. But um, anyway, I went from... Uh, you know, having all these, like I was going to go to the Dream Cruise, uh, Bloomington Gold at Indy Motor Speedway. So I mm -hmm. spent all this time planning a year based around getting out and enjoying the car and going to different shows. Um, and then obviously that and all the driving time that I planned for over the spring and summer had gotten wiped off the map. So I was looking to make up for a lot of uh, missed seating time in the car. And um, I'd also always kind of thought about going out to California to do Highway 1. And uh, from there, I just started looking at other sort of iconic all-time driving roads in America. And between that and the national parks, just started piecing this, you know, master list together of you had three weeks to do and see everything you can in the country. What would you do? And that's that's kind of what I came up with. That's, that's freaking awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Man, it was. man, <laughs> man was I, awesome. I, I, I wonder <clears throat> the looks you got for your Ohio license plate when you're when you're uh, cruising down 101 in Cali. That had to be something else. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you what I got. So I still had the dealer tags on it, which um, I saw that, that got me some looks, but I think actually probably saved me a couple times tickets as well. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was. I, I think I made the right move by not putting real plates on until after the trip. But Probably wasn't a bad idea. Yeah, definitely got some weird looks, you know, driving it in the snow and, and uh, on a couple dirt roads out in Montana and Wyoming. That's awesome. But, uh, that had to be, yeah, that had to be interesting. What? Uh, it, it, it was interesting. <laughs> it caught up really well. I was impressed with the, the car, so. I, I know, um, yeah, because that's, that's one thing I've heard is that, Corvette, at least the first run, right? You know, you get those first run jitters. So I always wondered oh, how that yeah. would play into it. Well, I, I certainly did too. And you know, just that's, I mean, one, obviously the first year for, for a new platform, you're taking kind of a risk, but, you know, two, this is a completely new architecture. Right. Um, you know, new transmission, new, you know, mid-engine obviously is a huge change. Uh, so not a lot carried over from the previous cars. And then on top of that, just with everything going on with COVID, there's been all sorts of horror stories from various plants with, uh, you know, quality issues with these cars. So I, I really lucked out in, uh, in that perspective. Well, before we get into some of the sites, you, uh, do you mind uh, talking us through, uh, you know, what options and stuff you had on your car? 
Yeah, so mine was um, the 2LT trim level, which is like the second out of three. So that comes with, um, uh, it's like the navigation system. Um, you, had a, you have a HUD in yours too, don't you? Yeah, heads up display, heated and cooled seats, heated wheel, um, and then a bunch of stuff like uh, uh, front curb cameras. Um, the rear view mirror is actually like a, a camera out the back so you can actually see look something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, I, so it's a Sebring orange car. That was one of the options. I got black wheels, black interior, and orange belts. Um, and then I got the front lift uh, to help me out, just you know, keeping the front end safe. I'm um, guessing that saved you more times than one. <laughs> it did, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was good to have for this trip, let me tell you. And then mine's the non-Z51 car. Z51 is like the only step-up performance package they have right now, and mine right. is just the base for performance. I, I'm sure, because I and I can't remember. But last year, uh, I actually got the pleasure of not only sitting in a C8, but sitting in a C8 while it was going around an autocross course, driven by none okay. other, driven by none other than Danny Pop. Okay. So, how was that? do what? I said, how was that? How uh, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, I actually, it's buried on my GoPro footage somewhere, but I actually did get a get a run of it. And, uh, that, that, see, even comparing, and I don't know if this was a Z51 car or not, I'm, I'm assuming it was, it wasn't Danny's either, but assuming this was a, C, a Z51 car, you know, comparing that to the C5 Z06 that I was driving, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. I, it was just something else, but it was awesome. <laughs> How did uh, it? It did pretty well in the autocross because it's uh, it's probably quite a bit heavier than that your C5 as well, isn't it? You know, I don't think it's that much heavier, um, okay. but it, it handles itself very nice. And because of the the DSG as opposed to the or the DCT as opposed to the uh, the actual manual, you know, Danny was just rowing through gears like it was nobody's business because you know all you got to do is blip a paddle on the back of the wheel and it just you know changes up right. quicker than you can blink yeah yeah i uh you know it's ironic my my daily driver focus is that five stick and my corvette's uh so i somehow got this backwards but um i i like the dct honestly um there's times where you miss having a stick but honestly that car is so fast it's kind of nice uh, kind of don't um, need one. <laughs> so, AJ, why don't you uh, ask the man some questions, or I'll just ramble on all day, and that we know all that's right. no good. Uh, now, you talked about the uh, the mods and all the stuff, the interior. Let's hear about the exterior, because when you go on long road trips like that, you do want to have like some sort of like clear brawl to like from like rock chips and just falling objects and animals and stuff. So any exterior mods that you had done to the vehicle before the uh, journey? So no real mods, honestly. Um, I just had the car ceramic coated for a little extra protection up at the shiny, but gotcha. um, yeah, it didn't have any, <laughs> anything like that on it. 
Yeah, Rabbi's a good guy. He uh, definitely uh, does some really good work. Oh, the, uh, detailing. Oh, it's awesome. Oh. Yeah. His pictures, especially when he partners with Shutterfuel, are just like, oh. It's like mm -hmm. car porn on the daily. <laughs> yep, that it is. <laughs> I got some good ones of, uh, of my car with Alan Fields and McLaren next to each other. Nice. And, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, he did a great job on it. Good. So, what? Which general direction did you go first? Did you go like south and then west, or did you just go straight west? Um, I started a little bit south. I just cut through Cincinnati um, into Kentucky and then Indiana, but I pretty mm -hmm. much just went straight west out to Colorado first. So my first two days were pretty much just straight driving, and then the third day I did Pike Peak, oh. and sort of from there. It just kicked off like a, a leg of different Thanks. things that I planned out. Because I know you went to the Grand Tetons, and I know you did Yellowstone. That had to be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, Yellowstone was awesome. So um, I'm actually editing the, the video from both of those places right now. But like I said, I took it out to Pikes Peak, which is in Colorado Springs. They right. kind of went north oh, yeah. from there through denver um and denver. Then stayed, just, stayed just a little bit outside of the tetons in wyoming and then hit the tetons and yellowstone the next day nice. and then i did one more day at yellowstone on the way back through um from the east to the west side nice man what a journey <clears throat> that is, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, of, that's a lot of driving. Nineteen <laughs> days. Oh my goodness. It's a lot. <laughs> I had to have some good tunes on, man. <laughs> Definitely tunes podcast. But I, um, you know, I spent a lot of time planning beforehand. Um, well, you'd have to plan a trip like that beforehand. Oh, uh, you have. Well, well, yeah, especially in the time frame that I was doing it, because right. I, I not leave myself a lot of buffer room with uh, getting back to work so if something happened it was uh it, it was going to be an issue but um you know going into planning all of it i tried to do it in a way where i wouldn't be in any of the parks really late at night but i also uh tried to split it up as best as i could so that i was seeing a lot of things each day as opposed to just you know straight driving for hours and hours and uh, there were some places, like, you know, coming on my way back, I drove from Utah to Oklahoma City. And with everything that happened that day, I think I was in the car for, like, 16 or 17 hours. But most of the days, it was closer to 12, and I was getting out and looking at things uh, at multiple times each day. So um, it, it, it sounds a lot more intimidating than it is just from strictly driving to that point. That'll be that's awesome. Yeah, did you uh, shots. Yeah. When you were in LA, did you stop in LA at all? No, so I didn't make it that far south. Um, gotcha. I went all the way down to I think it was Cambria, California. I just took the one down. And then I went uh northeast from there towards Yosemite National Park that oh, night. Oh nice, nice. Yeah, I, well, I wish I would have had time to go all the way down to LA, but I just couldn't make it work with everything else. There's just like so much to see in California. Yeah. yeah, 
one of my bucket list trips is to drive the ST out to uh, to L.A. to go to a couple of the the Fast and Furious filming locations. I thought about that too, man. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm down. Hey, let me know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be super cool. California honestly has. I mean, they they probably have the best car scene. Yeah. It's not even American, probably the whole world, yeah. um, especially Southern Cal. Yeah, the, the the views I've seen on video are just spectacular. It makes me want to go see them for myself. But then again, it's like, do I really want to go pay $6 a gallon for gas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to live out there, but it's definitely – have you ever been out there just like for vacation no, or anything? No, I have not been out that far yeah. west. You've got to. Um, one, the views are awesome and the driving is awesome, but – Especially if you make it into like LA or San Francisco, you'll just be driving and see hypercars. Yeah. You know, the last time I was there, I saw two F40s, 918s. Oh, F40. Like, you a, said it right there, man. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different world. It's truly a different world. Um, I, I'd say it's it's probably on a whole different level, even in like Miami, Florida, or New York City, or something like that. It's, it's just a whole different car culture out there. And, um, you know, not just with the Ritzy stuff, too. There's a lot of hot rodders and, and race car drivers out that way, too. It's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, and then another trip that I want to do is I've done the Dragon. I've done the back of the Dragon. I really want to do Skyline Drive and the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about Skyline the last time. I, I, I don't know if I um... – I must have missed that one, but I did Blue Ridge on actually the day after I did the Dragon, and it's it's not a um, it's not a great driving road. The the speed limits there are really low, and people yeah I know it's like thirty five. Yeah, so it's not really a place where you can go and open up on. The are definitely gorgeous. Are you guys hitting that on the uh, the Dragon trip this year? We are not. I don't. No, ha- we're not. I have. So for for what I have planned, uh, we're doing the dragon. Obviously, uh, we're doing some of uh, North Carolina twenty eight. Okay. Uh, gap. And then we're doing um, we're going from there to uh, so we're we're gonna do Fontana Dam, and then we're gonna go um, over to the Cherokee Reservation. So we're going to do Cherokee, and then we're going to go from Cherokee to Franklin, and then Franklin to, uh, I don't know, are you familiar with the Osoe Whitewater Center down in Tennessee? It's kind of south um, It's kind of south no, of Teleco Plains. Okay, yep. And then uh, we're going to go back into Teleco Plains, have dinner, and then come back across to Robbinsville on the Skyway. Gotcha. That's, that's yeah, our loop for awesome. that. There's there's so much driving out there and um, obviously it's just beautiful down there too. Yes, it's gorgeous. But um, so uh, what kind of uh, video upload schedule are you going to try and keep? <laughs> uh, it's it's changing uh, every day. It seems like I wanted to get one out this actually today, but um, so I. I my initial plan was to just put out like one long form video, and then I realized how long that was gonna take to do. 
So I and put out is- that highlight. Oh my god, yeah. It's why well, I think I took like 150 plus hours of footage or something crazy like that. Wow. Oh wow. Charging uh, battery. Yeah. So between that and trying to edit pictures, it's it's a lot of work. Um. Uh, how how. But- how many hard drives did you have with you in the Corvette to try and dump all of this stuff to? Yeah, so I had I just used micro SD cards for the GoPros, but then every night I would offload that onto a ten terabyte drive. So wow. I just kept it on. But I shot it. In, I shot most of it in ten eighty, just so it wouldn't be just you know enormous file sizes. Right. Right. But However you cut it up, it's a lot of footage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, obvi- you have stills to go with that, too, don't you? Uh, yeah, like 3,500 pictures. Wow. That's quite a yeah. bit. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm – um, so, like, previous videos I've done for YouTube, I was just editing on my work PC on some, like, $50 software that I found – uh-huh. Uh and now obviously with this much footage and wanting to produce something a little bit more professional looking. Um I'm I'm running Premiere Pro right now on my, my Mac. That's what I'm editing using for editing for all this, but all yeah, that that's... software is like still brand new to me. So I'm learning how to how to use the software as I'm going through all this footage at the same time. That was actually gonna be my next question. What uh editor do do you plan on using? I was asking that too. You just answered yeah, that. Yeah, I use I use Premiere Pro for video, and then I use um, Lightroom for the pictures. Oh, so nice. That's all the Adobe. Um, the Adobe Suite. Know, yeah, the Suite. There you go. What made you not want to use um, Final Cut Pro? Um, that's native to Mac. Yeah, I did a lot of research on both, and I think. It's, it's been a while now, but um, I was going to have to use Photoshop and Lightroom anyway for the pictures, or at least I figured that was the best the best for picture editing. Right. And uh, just from a pricing standpoint, um, if you bundle it all together, it's, it just makes a lot more it sense. It just makes more sense, yeah. Yeah, and I figured it's, it's just uh, – it'd probably be easier to learn – everything in the adobe suite as opposed to learning some things on adobe and then some things using final cut man I, I don't know i figured just doing it all in the same suite would probably be just from a learning standpoint as well so i gotta but ask your, no go ahead i gotta ask i gotta ask the question that's probably burning on everybody's mind at least mine <laughs> how the hell did you fit three weeks worth of stuff and your recording gear into a C8. <laughs> That's a great question, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna wow. get into that in the, the video a little bit here, but it was uh, it was definitely a tight fit. Um, <laughs> so the C8 has the frunk, and then right. it's got a little bit of trunk space, which is like specifically designed to fit a golf bag right behind the engine. Wow. Um, and then that's pretty much all you get. And inside the cabin, there are not like a lot of spaces to stuff things in between. So I ended up taking all of my clothes and then actually stuffing that in my high school football bag. Uh, <laughs> it was the only thing I had that was like 
big enough to fit all my clothes, but would fit the shape of the front. Um, you know, most of my big luggage was just not going to fit in the front. Right. Um, and when I left, my idea was that I was going to just not use the rear trunk at all because that's where the, uh, the roof doors, if you want the top down. Right, yeah, the target top. Right. So my plan was originally, like when I was out on Highway 1 and all these places, that I was going to have the top down, and I didn't end up doing that. But um, when I left, I had my clothes up in the front. Uh, my top was down when I had left, so nothing in the rear trunk. And then I had all of my like editing gear, my cameras, the drone, stuff in a, um, just like a backpack. So that was sitting on the passenger seat. And then the like leg area for the, the passenger side was stuffed with microfiber towels, a safety kit, like two gallons of water, uh, and then just some other stuff like GoPro accessories and stuff like that so I, I, it was completely stuck to the gills yeah. <laughs> man oof yeah it's a tight fit and, <laughs> yeah and then obviously like you know keeping it at hotel parking lots every night you don't want to keep that stuff out in the car so every night i had to carry all that stuff in and out As uh, said, oh, man. leaving that stuff in hotel parking lots gets kind of sketch yeah just yeah. a little bit yeah especially in a car that draws that much attention I mean, you basically put a, hey, hey, come look at this big orange target on the side of your car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, 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 I lucked out. I didn't have any. Um, I, I was super careful about like vetting the hotels to make sure they were in safe areas, but then too just insisting on having the best parking spot. <laughs> um, but yeah, no scratches, no. Uh, no attempted break-ins that I know of anyway. Um, so I, I like that one. Well, that's good. So why, good. why don't you uh, talk about your recording setup a little bit? I know you mentioned it a little bit when we were just talking about where you put all your stuff. but Yeah, so um, I had two GoPro Hero 8s, a GoPro Max, which is like the one that shoots 360 footage. Oh, that one had to be uh, cool. Nice. Yeah, I didn't get as much 360 as I wanted to, but um, I did one video out at Zion National Park with the 360 that I think was unique. Um, but anyway, so I had three GoPros, the PDR, which is the dash cam in the Corvette, and then like all the aerial shots you see are taken with my drone, which is a Mavic Air 2. Nice. So normally I had two... GoPros in rotation that I would um, mount to either the windshield or the windows, and then I used one as uh, uh, like a blogging camera, basically inside. Oh, nice! And then in some of the places, I would mount them outside, but uh, <laughs> I lost one up at Pikes Peak. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I lost one at Pikes Peak, so I was much more hesitant about mounting GoPros to the outside of the car after that. Man. Yeah, that that's one yeah, thing I always it, fear with autocross is I'm gonna my RAM mount's gonna fail and Right. And it'll fall. Well yeah, at, at least if it happened at an autocross so you would know like the general area. Like you'd have to stop the event or whatever to get it out. But uh 
some of these parks, if you lose it, it's just lost. Yeah, it's, so, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I gave a nice five hundred dollar donation to to Pikes Peak in the form of a GoPro. Oh, driving on Pi yeah. Pikes Peak though had to be freaking awesome. I must say it was it was crazy. I uh, was just going back through all that footage last night. Really, uh, have you ever done that drive? No. I again. Sounds I've, like fun. I've not been that far out west. <laughs> I need to get yeah. out there. Man, oh man. It's it's um, you don't really have the room again to like drive it how you want to. But sure. Even just it's slow. The views, like, once you're up at the top, it's almost like looking out of an airplane. Like, everything, you're just so high up. I think the peak's at 14,000. Yeah, it's high uh, elevation, big time. Yeah. yeah, it's really high up there. <laughs> so, the day I was there, um, they were really concerned about wind up at the top. So, we actually parked our cars at the 16th mile of the drive, and then they took us to the peak... It, and it was the last, I think, like, three miles. They took us in the peak in a uh, cargo van, like the park rangers did. But, um, yeah, it's sad. awesome. That's awesome. sad. You didn't get a picture of the C8 at the peak. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And when, when I parked it up there, um, so they, they just had, like, a gravel parking lot. Basically. It was really windy, so I was kind of pretty hesitant about that. But, um I parked the car and two rangers came up to me. They're like, hey, we're going to have to ask you to put your window, like crack your window. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had all my camera gear in the car and I'm thinking like, okay, I, I'm not going to crack my window, but like, why would you even ask that? And they were saying with, with the winds that we had out there, they were so strong that they've seen cars move before in the wind. Oh, so wow. Oh, wow. would give it like an extra extra passage to go through so when they said that i immediately cracked it but um yeah it, it it was wild and then apparently the day after i left they were expected to get like a foot of snow Oof. so i i timed that up perfectly i guess yeah big time couldn't be a better timing uh -huh. right what's the deepest snow you drove through on your trip um on the road itself I don't know that I drove through anything more than like half an inch to an inch. Uh, there were some areas I drove through that had clearly gotten up to like three or four inches, but um, most of the roads fortunately were cleared by the time I was there. Um, I had to cut out a couple of stops. Like I wanted to go to Glacier National Park to do going to the Sun Road. <laughs> and then on the way back, I was going to go through uh, North Dakota and Black Hills Forest to do Mount Rushmore and then mm -hmm. come back through, like down through Michigan through the Tunnel of Trees. But um, the day I was supposed to go to Glacier, they got like six inches snow. They shut down the road that I wanted to drive. And mm -hmm. then uh, near Mount Rushmore, it was going to be like four inches of snow and 11 degrees. And uh, I, <laughs> so instead of doing that, I just kept stopping and the dragon instead pretty awesome yeah that that had to be a little more fun than driving through all that snow yeah i, I it, it was definitely the right choice i i did uh the, the night before i did the dragon i went out for a night in nashville and then the next day i did um blue ridge parkway so it, it was pretty neat did you do the skyway too when you went I out that way 
way. I don't think I did the Skyway anyway. Um, I just drove along the parkway into, I want to say all the way like close to West Virginia, but I could be wrong about that. Oh, nice. Nice. But yeah, that was a nice drive. And it was, I was there like right before Halloween, so all the leaves were oh. you know, in all the colors. It was uh-huh. an awesome time to be there. So what, what did the total mileage come out to? So it was almost exactly 9,000 miles. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't necessarily plan it for that, but um, I mean, it was within like 100 miles of 9,000. That's awesome. And then you had so to come. So in another state. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then you had to come back up to through Cincinnati, which is the king of one way in and one way out. And then you came home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I didn't didn't get too much get caught in too much traffic on the final stretch. Um, the only real bad backups that I had the whole trip were uh, on Route 66. Actually, there was like a two hour long detour on the highway because there, I guess there was like a huge wreck. And, uh, that was the day that I was driving back from Utah, so that was like the longest drive of my life. Nice. I was going to say, Michael, uh, did you happen, like with the 9,000-mile trip, did you happen to have your oil changed before you came back to Ohio? Since With that being a long trip and stuff, so I'm not sure what the mileage is on the uh, on the C8s, like as far as how long you can go until you have to change the oil, so with it running full synthetic. So uh, what was that right. like? So... The, the ideal service in- interval is at the first 7,500 miles, and then uh, I think every 7,500 after that. Uh, but I, I got mine changed. I think I left with around 1,600 miles on mine. Okay. Um, so I was already driving the hell out of it. But <laughs> um, I got it changed right before, and then they changed the, the filter, which they do with the oil change. And then um, I actually had it done the second time in Las Vegas, which ended up being at like almost exactly 7,500 miles into the trip. Oh, nice. So I just dropped it off there at a dealer that I contacted a few weeks before, and uh, they took care of it. And then I just went out in Las Vegas that night. There you go. Yeah, so it worked out perfectly because that was – Outside of San Francisco, that was really the only big city I was around for that late of the trip. I was going to say, I, I would not have just driven into any Chevy dealership and handed them the key to my Corvette and say, here you go, I need an oil change. <laughs> right. Well, and there, a lot of the places I stayed at, I mean, I'm pretty much out in the middle of nowhere in small right. towns, so it's pretty slim pickings, even if you could find a dealer. Well, yeah, because um, GM dealerships have to be certified to work on that car, correct? ASC certified. Well, no, but... Uh, probably. I'm I was going to sure. say, I think I there's a... certified to do certain repairs. Um, I don't know about for oil changes and things like that. For that new of a car. Well, it's just yeah. because it's a Corvette. It's not like a, you know, a Traverse. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's no traverse, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Mid-engine rear-wheel drive, GM. <laughs> we haven't seen one of those since, uh, well, when I was uh, when I was a little guy, it was a Pontiac Fiero. I was going to say the Fiero, yeah. Yeah. yeah the... Continuing the Fiero heritage. <laughs> Except yep. these don't burn up. <laughs> they don't catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet anyway. Yeah, we yeah. don't have anything yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, I know, like, for the C8, there's not really an aftermarket for those cars yet. Well, there is, but can't yeah. really tune them. GM hasn't unlocked the computers yet. Mm-mm. I was going to say, yeah, that's that's really what's holding them back. Um, I'm kind of – I mean, I saw it, Amelia uh, – is, is it Hartford? Yes. Amelia Earhart. I always say – um, oh, Amelia Hartford, yeah, you're right. But I, I saw that she somehow got a thousand out of hers. I don't know what they were doing for the the tune on that car. But, and uh, well, and, I, and I know and Dave from yep. uh, Daily Driven Exotics, they had a C8, and then they did a bunch of builds on it. But they sold it because the fans were like, okay, well, this isn't exotic enough. So they went ahead and got something else. So, yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> that uh... that. That's a good, nice problem to have. Yeah. Good problem. Right. I know, uh, yeah, I know Street Speed 717 had a C8 for a time, and I think Twin Turboed it, but I don't know how he tricked the computer into not blowing itself up, because I know Amelia Hartford blew hers up already. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she, she blew up the first motor, and then I think they put another motor in, and that's what they're running now. Mm-hmm. And I think Street Speed, I know they had the turbo set up, but I think they had a limited like really really yeah because because okay a whole side note on that they that car like after they built it all the way up they took it all the way apart and built it back to stock and then i saw that exact car for sale from the dealer he had bought it from from uh, yeah some of the facebook groups and he was selling it as just like a stock car and i'm like that is so sketch yeah that's ugh i I can't understand when people do that. It's like you're a you're buying a used C8, so you don't know how it was driven. B he didn't have that car for very long, so I'm assuming uh, he didn't even break the motor in properly. Although GM kind of forces you to, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I think they limit they limit the torque. For the first uh, 500 miles, but I think the RPM, like you can still drive past what the RPM is. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I thought you had to. They they forced you to break it in a certain way, and then because I know every at least on the C7, like everybody was posting pictures of or posting videos of the moment when their when their C8 crossed that or the C7s crossed that mile threshold, and you could use the whole tachometer. <laughs> It, it does that for the C8 too, but it's not. Um, I think literally all that changes is the display, it, it, except for it does. Um, it dials back the torque, and I think the first two torque and the first two gears. But after that, it's it's like strictly a display thing. Hmm. So if you wanted to, to beat on it, you definitely could. Yeah, but like I I still don't understand why you'd want to beat on a car that expensive anyways, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, but those guys are making so much money off of probably one 
freaking yard. Oh, for sure. They can just build it and just keep going and break it and build it again. Like, oh, okay, well, we have a sponsorship, so we'll go ahead and rattle off the sponsor here for you. And, yeah, paid. Well, and, too, I mean, I'm guessing you still pulled it back to the dealer at probably still over MSRP. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You got out of it, probably made a buck on the car and made – God knows how much off YouTube views. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that well, that, that's margin. like uh, here. Here's an interesting C8 story for you, there, Michael. So, Jeff Weiler here in Springfield has one, and my dad and I, you know, we went and took a couple cars in to get oil changes, and he sees it on. And he had messaged, been messaging with, with the sales guy, and he asks to sit in it. They wouldn't even let him sit in it, and they were charging, really? yeah, and they were charging like thirty or forty grand over MSRP. Oh wow, that's crazy. But like, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with on these cars. I was lucky the guy with Jeff Schmidt didn't didn't play any games at all on it. I was gonna say you were you bought yours from uh, Josh, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yep. he actually – so when he worked at Mershon's, he actually sold us our first C5. Is that right? Yes, he actually sold us our first uh, commemorative edition car. Okay. Yeah, Josh is, Josh is a great guy. Josh Very is good. awesome. I love Josh. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, man, I can't wait to see this video series, though. <laughs> I can't wait to get it out. It's uh... – <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of work, but um, I, I'm pretty excited. I'm, you know, I've been watching it come together more and more this really over this week. I've been probably working five hours a night on editing and all day yesterday and all this morning I've been working on it. Um, but I, I, I think it's gonna gonna come out really well. So I'm gonna break it up. I'm gonna end up breaking it into a five part video series. Each video is forty minutes. But um. That's a lot of that's a lot of video. It's <laughs> a lot of video. That you gotta a... you gotta remember that's all of that are are just like put together of small clips. So right. I'm really looking over hours and hours of footage just to come up with that thirty minutes. So, yeah, that that's um, part of the reason I haven't gotten into vlogging yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, normally for a vlog, it's it's definitely. Uh, I think it goes into any video, but right. usually for something like a vlog, you're just doing like a day or maybe a weekend of activities in the one video, but this is kind of unique. I was gonna, say, yeah, yours is kind of unique because you have three weeks. Right, right. That like you're trying to. I've been uh, teasing it for way too long now, so it's. <laughs> it's <time. No. laughs> well, because I saw. I saw your article that was on the drive. Yeah. Which is pretty uh, prestigious to get onto. Yeah, that that was was pretty awesome. Um, so I I had sent it to a couple outlets, and the drive I think was the biggest one. But um, oh, you actually didn't send it to Jalopnik? I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay, I did send it to Jalopnik, but I didn't hear anything back from them. But uh, really, <laughs> yeah. But the drive, 
I literally just DM'd the writer and was like, hey, I because she had written a bunch of stuff about the C8 um, over the last couple of weeks, like with production delays and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And um, I just kind of told her what I did, and she was like, yeah, it's super cool. Let's get an article out on it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was like she responded instantly, and uh, I think we, we called the next week. So that was really cool. Um, and then a bunch of the, like, Corvette and GM centric sites like GM Authority and Corvette Form and all those guys ran it. But obviously the drive is a little different level of exposure. Right, because it's it's everybody. It's not just Corvette enthusiasts. Right. Yeah. I think you know, most most people regardless of what kind of cars they like appreciate someone actually like going out and driving them. I mean I definitely um, do. Yeah. That's that's kind of why I do this show. Well, that's one of the reasons, right. anyways. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're meant to be driven. Yes. Not enough to do that. Yeah, I. But yeah, that whole thing was cool. Well, awesome. Well, Michael, it was definitely a pleasure talking to you, and uh, don't be afraid to make your don't don't be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to actually having a hopefully halfway normal car season here and really getting yes. able to, to meet some of you guys in person and for sure and talk cars um but yeah it's been great getting to know you guys here and um my line's always open as well so got plenty of things over the next next year that i'll announce pretty pretty shortly that i'm really excited about i think that's a big kick out of I'm awesome. Talk. I'm here. So. Well, hopefully, I'm talking talking C5s with you here pretty soon. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm always open for C5 chat, uh, and you're always welcome to come up to the shop and see what we've got going on. We've got a, we've got one of our, so we have a C6 vert in the shop right now, getting uh, dampers swapped. That's been about half done now for two, going on two and a half, three months. Because <laughs> we did it before all the snow, and it's still yeah. it's still in the garage, and I kind of need it to vacate the garage here pretty soon, because <laughs> I got to start right. prepping my car for the season. Right, yeah, it's right around the corner, but yeah, for sure, I'd love to get out there. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and I'll let you know what my autocross schedule is too, for the same reason. That's yeah, still coming absolutely. together too. So yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. But. Well, this was a great episode, guys. I definitely oh, enjoyed sure. it. Um, for AJ Morrow and Michael DiGiorgio, this has been Nick Burnow with episode 12 of the Ruthless ST Radio podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. <laughs>